This is your special COVID episode. <laughs> Me coughing at the very beginning. Well, my we're the book whisperers, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> yes. Every Tuesday, that's what we are. <laughs> the coughing whisperer. That I can't uh, even speak. Can't even speak. Well, we never yes. get out. We're all giddy today, aren't we? <laughs> yes. We're yes. all giddy and everything, but we've got proper books with us. Can you hear that? <laughs> We have all our wits about us, don't we? Well, speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I've got my wits with me today. I think I left them at home. In fact, the dog ate them. The dog ate my wits. That's my excuse. Mine have failed under W. I haven't a clue where mine are. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if I've got any. (laughs) You lost yours, have you? Yeah, probably. Oh, either the Christmas fairy has arrived... Or something lovely is happening in our world. <laughs> we seem to have a jingling. I like the jingling. Let's just that. go with we it. keep with it, yeah. <laughs> no idea where it's coming from. That's the issue. <laughs> well, today we have a plan. Yes, we we're just, we're just. We always have a plan. We have a plan. And today we're talking it's about... It's not necessarily a very good one, no. but we have a plan. <laughs> today... We're talking about efficient collaboration. (laughs) (laughs) This is an oxymoron when it comes to us, really, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, well, we'll be on it. Just just give us 10 seconds. Hang on. (sighs) I'm calm. I'm calm. We're on about collaboration, which is really unusual in our line of work, don't you think? Because normally people who write books sit in cupboards. And garrets. And and, And garrets. Starve a lot, eat bananas. Yeah, not the bananas. I hate bananas. <laughs> I'll do anything but the bananas. I have heard. Yeah, fish paste um, sandwiches. <laughs> Easy girl. Oh, <laughs> I never get out. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about collaboration today, aren't we? We are. Yeah, we are. And one of the reasons for that is that two of us in the room have collaborated with each other, and one of us hasn't been invited. <gasps> Oh, oh, oh! How terrible! We must, we must sort that. Yeah, well, no. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yes, we yeah. must sort oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not that I'm bitter or anything. No, no. no. See the look Gosh. she just gave me. Yeah, I know. Yes. Oh. Withering. I know. So I know. withering, witless. Yes, that's file on W as yeah, well. Withering, isn't it? witless, whisperings. <laughs> so we have got all sorts of things coming up today. We've got to talk about collaboration. We have got our talk and our questions from the book whispers. I've just stood I just stood on my microphone did you hear that? And I went kind of off piece there because it got wrapped around my right foot and Mary grabbed my foot, yanked it right over my head on the pretense of trying to unwrap me it got caught in her taffeta ball gown (laughs) her tiara fell to the floor it's a complete shambles today it is it is and there was you practising your moves as well yeah (laughs) just showing off again throwing some shapes yeah throwing some shapes (laughs) well we've got some whisperings from the book whisperers because we've been flooded with questions haven't we I know I had to beat them. them back from the door yes you just like doing that didn't you I did yeah I did with me feather duster. <laughs> Get back. Why is it I can picture that so clearly? Because <laughs> it happens. 
Me and my baffies and my feather duster. All I need is the hairnet and I'm sorted. <laughs> we have an interview coming up about urban beekeeping. Wow. Which is the ultimate, I have to say, collaborative yeah. oh, yes. venture. <laughs> I'm so excited about that, actually. I really, I'm really interested to it's hear what cool, you It's very cool, actually. Say, it is. It's very cool. Has it got a sting in it? Oh, I like the way you did that. <laughs> and then we have the only collaborative piece of work between the three of us that we've ever come up with. Mm. So we're having a massive, great communal reading. Yes, we are. Never before attempted. Yeah, hold on to your heads, everybody, because it's going to be a <laughs> belter. Yes, not rehearsed either. So um, shall we just do that little thing of introducing ourselves quickly? Hang on, I'm just going to get the straws. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <Not those> straws. <laughs> Lee, would you like oh, a quick straw? Thank you. Oh, what a shame. It's a short one. Of okay, course. Try again. <laughs> I'll Mary. take the straw. Oh, you've got a long straw. <laughs> Mary, you need to start again. Yeah, you first. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Mary Turner Thompson. I am a memoir writer, a publisher of usually children's books. I'm a, a writing coach and um, anything to do with books, really. Um, <laughs> Best-selling author, no. international best-selling no. author again. Yes. <laughs> what number are we in the charts? Seventeen at the moment. I number see. seventeen on Amazon, which I, I have to say, I am. Re- ridiculously proud of Quite right. um, we're very proud and, of you that's um, why we're on our knees at the moment bowing yes, to you genuflect genuflect <laughs> um but yeah so it's it's doing very well it came out two weeks ago um under a new publisher a third edition and it's right back up there in the charts again which is brilliant that that's is where I'm brilliant dead chuffed dead chuffed that yeah. is brilliant really need a new tiara well i don't know that one. one's pretty fancy i know but i wear it a lot <laughs> <laughs> So this is your everyday tiara. Yeah, yeah. You need, you don't need a tiara. I have tiara an evening tiara good. as well. Okay. <laughs> do you have a special one for in the bar? Yes, of course I do. It's, it's, it's got hippers on it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on. <laughs> that's, that's, we're going down a rabbit hole. We're not coming back out. Of. <laughs> so yeah. So my me. medium-sized straw means that I go second. Yes. yes. We have no straws. Anyway, <laughs> we never have any straws. <laughs> and my name is Susan Cohen. I'm a writer and a gardener because I planted some heather this week. You got, oh. got a new carpet last week. I as got well, a new carpet you? last you did, week. Yeah. So you're a carpet layer too. <laughs> heather, carpet laying, writing. I don't know why I find that really funny, but I do. <laughs> And I run the WeBook Company, www.thewebookcompany.com, yeah, exactly. if you're going to look us up. It's a busy time for us because Christmas is coming and, you know, children need fed. Fat, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I do all things books. How about you, Lee? I'm an author. I'm a storyteller, performer, writer, which comes with authoring, actually, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, publisher. Hey. <clears throat> dog keeper. Shall I just keep going on with the list? Absolutely, chicken. Hen, chicken. Oh, chicken keeper, chicken, the hen wife, hen wife that I am. Um, yeah, I think that covers most things. Oh, and podcaster. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, with I think that CDs. covers about 1% of all the stuff you do. It's like every single time you say, oh, I do that too. And we go, yeah, you do everything. It's everything. Speaking There's fluent nothing you Spanish. can't do. You can, you, you, can do. See, you can see my knickers <clears throat> over my trousers, aren't I? You know, Wonder Woman style. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered where that was going. <laughs> it's, not no, every, it's not every person that can win a thong over a pair of leggings. <laughs> <laughs> no, then. 
<laughs> we communally are known as the Book Whisperers, and Absolutely. you can find us on Facebook and at thebookwhisperers.com. Yes. And we have been flooded, flooded mm. with questions. So the first question is, when it comes to collaboration, how do you even start? Fingers on the buzzer, so no conferring. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you buzz first. Oh, well, you put your, you actually put it out there. You ask. You go and ask. Yeah. My that's my philosophy. If you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's very true. I mean, we all met under um, the voluntary group that we're actually organising a book festival. Um, so getting out there and actually joining in with things, even though they're voluntary, is where you get to meet people, like-minded people, and stuff. Um, and that's how. That's how soon. That's how Lee and I got the idea of doing the collaboration we did. Um, but yeah, it's it's actually getting out there and talking to people and doing a lot of stuff voluntary. Actually, mm. is, is is has produced most of the stuff that I do collaboratively. I do think there's a point there, isn't there? Is is um, the minute you start to look at the bottom line and money on any project, it's never going to work. No, I don't no, think no, the collaboration is almost an organic thing, isn't I it? I think coming from a performer background. As a storyteller, I'm always looking for different things that will uh, that will challenge me, and I'll learn something new. And when whenever you collaborate with someone, you always learn something new. You learn something from each other. Someone might do something in a different way, but also different ideas. With the performances that I do, it's, it's usually stories. But if you do it collaboratively with a musician or a dancer, mm -hmm. they'll have a different take and say, "Well, that doesn't work because so and so." So you have to adapt and adjust, and it's a learning curve. Yeah. All the way through, but it's it's always for me. It's about the it's about the process as well as the end product yeah. of, of what comes through from that. And it's not about the money. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm in it for the art. That's why I'm so poor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so true. Yeah. It's so true. But in, I could just see you sitting there outside Tesco's with a placard. I'm in it for the art. <laughs> <laughs> Give generously, author. <laughs> You could actually just have successful author give generously. Because <laughs> even when you're successful, you don't, you don't make any money yet. So, but yeah, there's not a lot of money in books, but uh, it's certainly certainly worthwhile. Well, I have to say, actually, when it, talking about you know, money in books and everything, apropos of nothing, <laughs> segueing into something completely different, one of the whispers said, it's all very well in talking about collaboration, but can you give examples of collaborations that exist within your working writing lives. Oh yeah, loads, mm. loads. Mm -hmm. Um, I I collaborated recently on a project. Uh, recently, <laughs> before lockdown, <laughs> it's like being on a it's like it's like being on a general anaesthetic. You know, you've got before lockdown is literally seconds ago. Um, yeah, no. In in January, February, I collaborated with a lovely artist called um, Mandy O'Connor, um, who's known under the book whispers as Beastilistic. Um, uh, but she's she's a fantastic artist and she and I worked on a collaborative project working with nursery school children where we did these workshops with these uh, children in I think it was Fourth View Nursery and we came up with um, the, the children came up with the art for the images for the book so and she did brilliant things she got them uh, there was one story about um, uh, brush, brushing her teeth so she actually brought in toothbrushes and white paint and she got the with cut out teeth and she got the kids oh, who were only three, three and four years old to, to paint the teeth with the toothbrush <laughs> you know so they were got, and then there was things they were doing they were making handprints that they were making into trees and you know all sorts of things like that so the actual 
actual she she did the art for the book but a lot of the things like the trees and the you know teeth and stuff were all the kids art was incorporated into Excellent. her drawings mm -hmm. so we weren't just collaborating with me doing the writing with the children and her doing the art with the children but the children were collaborating with us as well to produce the book if that makes any sense lovely. yeah you know so it's, it's sort of like it became the kind of that whole project and then the kids can to actually see their book and and read their book mm. and buy their book on amazon and, and all sorts of things as well oh, that's so, gorgeous. you know and it was um uh, i think that one was uh oh, i can't remember the name of it bear with me um that's the name of it bear with me <laughs> 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 so yeah it's uh because it's all about teddy bears um but uh i think that might have been a different project but uh, yeah it doesn't matter does it mm. um <clears throat> but yeah that was a great one we collaborated on and i loved doing Lovely. that absolutely loved it because i'm not an artist i'm i'm a writer i'm an author i'm a publisher but i'm i'm rubbish at art oh rubbish no. at mm, it. me too with um, us we have an artist in our midst yeah lee taylor Along with everything again, else, yeah. Again, this brushes. is a, you know, she, it, it's it's the whole. There's nothing she can't do. Isn't polymath, it? I think it's yeah, yeah. yeah polymath. Yeah, talk, yeah. <laughs> Talking of collaborations, there's one collaboration that does come to mind where I put on an exhibition. Um, I'd written a, a series of work called The Child of the Sixties, and it was based on my childhood funny funny examples of things that I'd probably done wrong or kind of memoirs and I'd use that I'd use these to actually go into care homes to do reminiscence work and I'd written quite a body of work and I was thinking well, what else can I do with this so um, I approached the storytelling center and said could I exhibit this in a different format they usually they have uh, paintings up on the walls in the storytelling center and I said what if I recorded this and got some artists in to do some some work let them look at my work but see what it provokes in them rather than having to do pictures on my work see what it provoked in them about their childhood and things like that so I I cobbled together about six artists and we had all their artwork all the way up around the walls at the storytelling centre mm. and people went in and listened to my stories on their phones so they would look at all the art and then listen to to the stories and that was it initially started off, it was running the Royal Mile for a month and it was so popular they extended it for another month. Oh, wow. So, mm. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was a really, really good piece of work. It was lovely working with everybody and seeing what it did provoke in them, what came out of them. Some of, some of the things were really quite heart-rending. One guy, had, um, his, he'd lost his sister. His sister had died when he was young and so he'd bought in an old doll that belonged to his, his sister and pictures of the family. Um, and it just sat in a, in a sort of frame with these pictures around it. And he left it for people to leave remarks about what it provoked in them. So it was yeah. art provoking, art provoking mm -hmm. art. It was great. It was really, really good. Yeah. Um, another person had done like daisy chains and um, like games that she would play as a child and pictures along with that um it, it, yeah it was lovely everybody's response was very very different yeah but it wasn't about no you're doing that wrong you've got to do it in such a, in, in a particular way it all worked mm. even mm. though we were very very different and we hadn't actually sat down and said this is what we've got to do i i'd, I'd been very clear that i didn't want them to follow my work yeah that it had to be about what it provoked in them mm. and for me it was an experiment Amazing. but it it worked really yeah. well mm. and that's what i like about that it's sparking off other ideas. You know, your work might provoke something else in someone else. 
um, that is just as valid and just as good. Yeah. Um, no, I do think it's, it's such a powerful thing, you know, collaboration. One of the things, <clears throat> I wasn't directly involved in the organisation of it, but my sister, after the 2011 tsunami, she was actually in Sendai in Japan when it happened. Um, and, you know, the, the, the she, she was two miles inland, so never got hit by the tsunami, but she housed a lot of people who had... And they had their own generator and their own well and stuff. So they ended up being kind of a center for all people. And the, the people didn't know when, if their family were alive or not. And the first thing that got up and running was uh, the post office. Mm -hmm. So people started getting postcards from their families saying, you know, that and the post office knew that these people were where my sister was. Uh, and they, they um, so they actually did an exhibition. They came up with an exhibition called Postcards from Japan. Oh, lovely. And they, <clears throat> they had... Um, and they then set up a sort of an alternative exhibition, which was called Postcards to Japan. And they got people from all over the world to write postcards, you know, A5 postcards that they then sent to um, say, to we, you know, the world's still with you, the world's still watching, you know, and, and you know, sort of like the, the thoughts that they had. And they got all these artists from Japan to say we're still here and using materials and all sorts of things. And the exhibition's still touring the world. Uh, and they they got it on they put it on a fishing net and they just clip the the postcards to this fishing net and it, it's got an install sheet it's been all around America it's been all around all sorts of places and uh, and then we put them into a book and um, so I wasn't involved in the organisation of it but you know this this book then immortalises this point in history that mm -hmm. was so devastating mm -hmm. to these people and how it affected everyone mm -hmm. so it's amazing how that kind of collaboration of all these artists who you know who again you know like like with covid you've got people who are you know we're going to have to start over but in japan you know it was a complete one event rather than an ongoing six months year or whatever but you know that that restarting over art is so important you know and books and, and moralizing it as well so i think that collaboration project was just so amazing you know and it can make such a difference i'm so hoping that um the covid situation has highlighted to everyone how important art is mm -hmm. in our lives because mm -hmm. you know what when we were locked down and and really we were <coughs> imprisoned in our own homes through no fault of our own um all we could do was listen to music read a book watch netflix do all these mm -hmm. things and those are all creative Art, pursuits yeah. mm -hmm. um and but like you you know in terms of collaboration my entire life as a publisher is is just one massive um sort of team effort mm -hmm. and uh what i think what it's taught me particularly is is the importance of everybody having very well-defined roles. Yeah. That's a really big thing, I think, mm. in terms of practicality. But also respect for everybody's expertise within their own role. Yeah. You know, and I sometimes, uh, yeah, you can tell sometimes people you can work with, some people you can't because the lines can't be blurred sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, the writer's the writer and the illustrator's the illustrator and the designer. It's got its own ideas. And so I think collaboration can be a really hot potato. But, you know, mm -hmm. talking about hot potatoes, we're going to be collaborating on a book soon, aren't we? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Now, that, there will be several, skin actually. and hair flying about that, <laughs> won't there? Because not only are we doing sort of... Um, Book Whisperers courses mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, non-fiction books to support those courses. That's relatively easy compared to 
the novel that has been bubbling up inside oh, us over some time. Bubbling, bubbling, more than now, bubbling. I am telling you, if you see three women of a certain age scrapping <laughs> in the middle of a road in Edinburgh somewhere, you'll know that there'll be some kind of plot twist that one of us won't be happy with. <laughs> You said I could be the one that ran off with the postman. No, I said I could be. <laughs> it was going to be a milkman. <laughs> See what I mean? We've not even put pen to paper yet. And we were going to call milkman Sean as well. <laughs> <laughs> that was my bag. I wanted a pet Rottweiler. No, you didn't. You wanted a cat. I know. <laughs> Gosh, who knows how it's going to work? I was like, <laughs> that's going to be very interesting in itself. It'll yeah. be lovely. It's going to be fun. It's and be so fun. that is the end of the whisperings, which brings us to no. our, our interview today, my other half, Andrew, on his book, which is coming out next year on urban beekeeping. Marvellous. He is the world's expert. Can I sing him my song? Yes. <laughs> you can sing the song, your bee song. Yes, my bee song. And we I haven't made children. many buzzings. No. And I, I'm, I'm going to have to um, just coach you slightly. So it it goes like this. I'm busy, 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 said the bee. And when I go like this, you're, you're to shout, buzz, buzz. Okay? <laughs> she punched her hand in the well, ear. Well, it is collaboration. Like she was at a Bon Jovi concert. <laughs> <laughs> it is a collaboration, so we have to do it. Shall I, shall I dial the number? Absolutely. Okay, I'm getting all excited now. <laughs> you've gone all meatloaf. <laughs> punch. You, you've gone all mosh pit. Uh-huh. We'll, be, we'll uh-huh. be at the pantomime next year. She'll punch the air. We'll be so conditioned. We'll go buzz, buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it's Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Hello. Hi, Susan. How are you? <laughs> Hi, ladies. How are you? Fine, oh, we're fine. We, nice we're so you. excited about talking to you. Yeah, I've got a song for you a bit later on as well. Lee's Lee's been rehearsing her B song just just to put you on the standby there. <laughs> yeah, we're like the three we're like the Supremes here. <laughs> Lee's Diana say, Ross. She's in the middle. <laughs> she's got the hair. Can part. I sing a BG song? <laughs> <laughs> So listen, Pet, we're here to talk about your urban beekeeping book. What's it called again? The Wee Book of Bees. Oh, who's Aww. it being published by? The Wee Book Company. Oh, that sounds cracking. <laughs> That's a great company. <laughs> hey, listen, tell us all about the um, um, why you're going to be writing this and why it's important that people should know about urban beekeeping. Um, well, one of the main reasons is that a lot of people love honey. And most people don't realise where it comes from most of the time. I mean, a, a bee will make a twenty-fifth of a spoon of honey in its whole life. No, is that really? Yeah, so that's why beehives have up to sixty thousand bees during the season. Wow! Um, they can make two pounds of bee, sorry, two two pounds of honey a day at maximum kind of capacity. That's but, crazy. Um, the other thing is bees are pollinators, so yeah. they go out into all the flowers and the fruits and vegetables, um, and make sure that you know all the plants are pollinated. So if there were no bees, eighty percent of what we know as plants wouldn't be around. Yeah, scary. Yeah. yeah. Now the thing but, about this book is that talking about pollinators, just before you go any further, is is that the book is going to include some very novel element, isn't it? 
Yes, I mean, I, I thought that everybody loves wildflowers, but not many people have wildflowers. So one of the things I was going to you know, have as part of the, the offer with the book is some wildflower seeds that will then encourage oh, bees to pollinate people's flowers. Yeah. And that can be in your window box, it can be in your garden, it could be kind of anywhere. Oh, fantastic. So tell us, can anybody keep bees? What size of garden do you need? Do you, I mean, you know, if, you, if you're in the middle of the town and you've only got like a small sort of patch of, of ground, is that going to be a problem or would you recommend that anybody really could keep bees? Um, I mean, certainly one of the reasons to promote the book is to encourage more people to actually take up beekeeping as a hobby. I think um, you are able to keep bees more or less anywhere. I mean, I've been approached by a couple of hotels who want to have bees on the roof. So oh, it's almost like that's an interesting Skyline idea. honey. Oh, skyline um, honey. Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Because um, one of the great things about honey, for example, is it's full of all the things that you know, keep us healthy. So at the moment yeah. with COVID going on, um, I take honey every morning with a bit of lemon and some uh, cider vinegar. Yeah. And I've it's a natural that... kind of cleanser i've heard of folk folk medicine where if you've got um so you've got a cut a really bad cut if you put mm -hmm. honey on it it's it's very good to help the, the cut heal yeah you know because it's yeah. got natural antiseptic as you said mm. um yeah yeah because yeah, it's quite funny because everybody knows manuka honey from new zealand mm. because it's kind of seemed to be the prize honey and it, you know it costs an absolute fortune yeah and um, if you want to buy it um, but what they've actually found recently is that Scottish heather honey is actually superior. Oh, really? Yes. Excellent. <laughs> oh, that's such good news. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of these things that it's you know, literally sitting on our doorsteps yeah. and quite often we're not conscious of it. But um, like we were saying earlier on, you can keep bees more or less anywhere. Um, bees tend to be pretty um, social creatures and they only tend to cause alarm when they swarm mm -hmm. yeah. which is the bees way of reproducing because what happens is the queen bee lays eggs for supersession which allows a new queen to be born in the hive that she's created and then she flies away with half the bees to you know find somewhere else to you know start a new colony oh, that's so cool i didn't realize it was the yeah. existing bee that that swarmed i thought it, i thought it was the new bee the new bee. No, no. <laughs> that no, sounds so strange. But, but yeah, the, 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 so that's really fascinating. I actually, I yeah. can't wait to read your book. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, well, uh, Susan calls me the bee bore because I probably know more facts on bees than anybody would really want to hear. Yeah, but that's exactly who you want to actually write a book about bees, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think yeah. the thing yeah. is, you're so th enthusiastic, aren't you, though? And actually, there's lots and lots of material out there. But actually, the wee book of bees just is going to make it as, as demystifying and as easy for, yeah. for people to start up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what I'm trying to do is to encourage people to give it a go um, because there are plenty of like bee clubs around the country. I mean, I'm a member at New Battle over in Midlothian. Um, but I'm also a member of the New Edinburgh Beekeepers Association. And I know, so, and one of the things that Andrew we were talking about was was collaboration. It's a real collaborative thing. So even though you've got a hive mm -hmm. in the back of the garden, it is. That, I mean, you're talking about sixty thousand sort of living things. It is a real responsibility, but you're not on your own, are you? So there's a, there yeah. are whole sorts of societies and backups and and all sorts of people that you can call on if you're a novice, isn't that right? 
Yeah, I mean, we'd recommend if somebody's new to bees, they have a mentor to help them. Mm. What if work? you've got dogs or something? You know, say if you had kept a beehive. Um, well, the, the, the main time bees are out and about is when the sun is out. Bees, you know, by the nature are ectoskeletal creatures, so they don't have warm blood like we do. Right. So if it's okay. too cold, they can't actually fly. Okay. So um, what I normally do is if I'm looking for somewhere to keep bees, I try to make sure it's away from kind of walkways and pathways because obviously the, the bees fly between 15 and 20 miles an hour and they kind of know where they're going. So if you've got like family who kind of use a loan and the beehives right next to it, then obviously there's going to be bees buzzing left, right and centre. Yeah. So what we normally do is try to find the quiet corner because um, everybody normally has a mulch patch where they you know, chuck all their kind of um, composting and stuff. And that tends to be a quiet part of the garden. And quite often that's a good place to, to keep the bees. Um, in the olden days, a lot of people kept bees. So bees can travel between three and four miles to go out and kind of search for pollen, pollen mm. and nectar. Um, but at the moment, there's obviously big gaps in the countryside um, because most towns now, there aren't that many people keeping bees. Yeah. Um, I mean, in Edinburgh, there's 100 and maybe 120 beekeepers. Yeah. Which, when you consider it's kind of over 100,000 people, that's not really that many. Yeah. Yeah. I would, have, I would have thought, you know, with with this current state of the world, I mean, you know, new businesses needing to pop up and, and with what you said about uh, Scottish heather honey uh, being being better than Manuka. I mean, because Manuka honey is, is valued all over the world, isn't it? Mm. So yeah. that's, a, that's a new industry. Mm. That's a whole new industry that Scotland can can produce. I've, I've uh, got a plus question. Help, plus helping uh, increase the bee population. Yeah. I've I've got a question. Yeah. What if you've got neighbours that object to you keeping bees? Um, well, it's kind of funny. Most people, their kind of image of bees is, you know, they've come across a swarm sometime when you've obviously got fifty thousand bees buzzing around, which can be quite intimidating. Um, some people obviously have react, you know, they react to bee stings. Mm -hmm. So you know, you've got to be mindful of your neighbours. Um, what I always do is try and talk to people and the kind of caveat because I obviously have bees in other people's gardens and property um, often it's a case of if there is a problem I'll just remove them and we'll, we'll sort of move them somewhere else All right. uh, I mean because the, the beehives I have I, I moved to the heather during the heather season so you have two types oh, of honey so you have blossom honey which oh. is kind of spring honey and then you have you know, heather honey, which is later in the season once the heather comes out, because different crops are coming out all different times. So yeah. when you see the cherry trees starting to pollinate, that is kind of early spring. And at the moment, it's things like um, ivy is starting to come come out. Mm -hmm. So oh. throughout the year, there's lots of different things that pollinate at different times. Amazing. So, so you were saying about them not being good with the cold. What do they do in winter? Um, what they do is they they form what's called a winter cluster and they basically just keep warm in you know the beehive so just um, sort so of stay stay in and don't so they, they don't sleep or anything they just they just i have no idea i don't know whether bees hibernate yeah. or not well, <laughs> they, 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 they hibernate to an extent i mean it's kind of quite funny 
when you're preparing for the winter, you do all your preparation in kind of August at the end of the summer, so that the hive is strong enough and it's got enough honey and reserves to make its way through the winter. Because on cold days, you know, bees won't get out and about. And bees are like human beings, you know, they need to go to the toilet and they need to, you know, you know stretch the legs every so often. Uh-huh. So it, it doesn't tend to be the cold that kills bees. It tends to be kind of damp um, that kills them. So you've got to make sure that they're, you know, the beehives are nice and tight and clean and yeah. tidy. But um, and I know never, I've never thought about a bee going to the toilet before. I have to say, it's like <laughs> never yeah. crossed my mind. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm learning so much. I really, I'm you really know what? It's, it's, it's a brilliant. It's you know, so far, I mean, it's in development, isn't it? This book, but you're on a mission, aren't you? Because as you mentioned, you know, for only just a few, a handful of beekeepers in a city with actually a lot of greenery mm-hmm. and a lot mm-hmm. of space, you know, you are on a mission to to encourage people, and and particularly, you know. It does have antiviral qualities, you know, your mm. own honey jarred in your own way and knowing that it's from your your own zone and it's seasonal. It's the ultimate health yeah. food, isn't it, that you can produce well, yourself. I might talk to well, Andrew myself about getting bees. Yeah. Well, it's, really, it's amazing. Yeah, the really strange thing is that bee honey is the only sort of substance that's produced by insects that humans can eat mm. or that we do eat. Um, and the other thing is, if it's sealed airtight, it never goes off because of the enzymes and the various probiotics that are in it. So oh. I think when Tutankhamun was buried, there was some honey you know, buried with him, and it was still oh, wow. edible honey, oh, you know, 2,000, wow. 3,000 years later. Wow. Bet that so, honey's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got the curse of the... He was smeared in it. You look like a two-year-old. <laughs> yeah. but, but I think I think with everything, it's trying to demystify a subject. Because I mean, yeah. I was fascinated by bees when I was a child, and ants and bees because they have almost like it's a super colony because everything's over the queen rules the roost as far as a, a bee colony is concerned. But in actual fact, this will be why you like season I <laughs> She's my queen bee. Is she your queen bee? Yeah. I want an Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an yeah, Andrew. There's, there's, other got an Andrew. Like, there's other things as well because, I mean, if people like scented candles yeah. from the beeswax, you can create, you know, nice candles. Oh, yes, we've got loads balm, of beeswax. Soap. I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's, you know, there's lots of kind of byproducts. Propolis, which is, what the bees use to fill cracks it's like a sticky resin mm-hmm. that's really good for you so there's so many kind of things yeah. that it's good bees for people with kind eczema. Of involved with huh. that you know can enhance our lives as kind of humans yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah and tell us when is the book coming out are we aiming for this for spring aren't we because we want people to start spreading those seeds yeah. and and the pollinators and and when is the best time to get a new colony of bees then Andrew, do you think um, normally in the spring because at the moment I'm just getting all my kind of hives kind of fit for the winter. Yeah. Um, so what, what you want to do is to try and make sure all your hives and colonies survive the winter. And then in the spring, there's a sudden explosion of activity once, you know, the sunshine and, you know, all the good things about spring come along. Mm-hmm. So um, any time you can do it, but it's much easier when... You know, the conditions and the environment is in your favour. Yeah, um, yeah. 
So how, how many how many hives do you have? I've got nine at the moment. Wow. It's all dotted about. At the moment, that um, means that there are more coming. Do you notice that? <laughs> Do you notice how I went quiet there, Andrea? Because I know yes, that nine yes, is yes. just the start. Yeah. There's well, a whole jarring operation, that... isn't there, going to be going on the next few few days, is there? Yeah, well, it was like at the weekend just passed. Um, I went um, to help my mum and dad because I, I took up beekeeping as a, as, with my dad because he always wanted to be a farmer but never kind of managed it. And then when he retired, I suggested beekeeping as an option. So we kind of started keeping kind of bees together and I'd go along to the bee meetings and learn more about it. And, you know, we basically you know, were extracting honey from the, you know, the bee frames. And that's got a sort of sticky, messy job. But it's very kind of fulfilling, you know, when you're kind of sticking your fingers into this lovely honey. Tell me, how many jars do you get normally from a hive per per year, per season? Um, normally, you would probably expect to get probably 30 pounds of honey or maybe wow. 20 kilograms if you're lucky. Wow, that's I a lot. But, yeah. but that's a lot, but, isn't it? Um, but the thing is, there's a lot of beekeepers who are like into the sort of science and you have commercial beekeepers who are doing it commercially, so they want to have great yields. Um, and right. you know, part of the reason for providing the book is that some sort of beekeepers, through lack of knowledge, will take the honey off for themselves, not realizing that the bees need honey to survive themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a kind of partnership between man and the sort of collaboration, collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> which is what this episode is all about. <laughs> You're so good. <laughs> So thank you to the wee book of bees. Oh, I've got the song. Oh, no, the song. No, yes, we've oh, got, got the song. Bees got the song. Andrew, are you ready are you for ready? this? It's especially for I'm, you. I'm waiting with bated breath. <laughs> bated bee breath. So ready, girls? Absolutely. I'm busy, 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 said the bee. Buzz, buzz, buzz. I haven't got a single second free. Buzz, buzz. buzz. It makes me rather dizzy and a little wuzzy-wizzy to be so very busy, said the bee. Buzz, buzz. buzz. <laughs> See, when she did that buzz buzz, she was punching the air like she was meatloaf. It's like perfect harmony. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so Andrew. much. Happy beekeeping. See you Andrew. later. Okay. Well, you're welcome and good luck with the pod. Thank okay. you. Bye. 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 Wow. It is fascinating, isn't it? It is, actually. Yeah. It is. If you ever needs an assistant, I have a daughter who's a bee whisperer. Oh. So we're book whisperers. She's just a bee whisperer. She just actually she she actually talks to bees and they come and sit on her hand and stuff like that. She absolutely loves bees. She would love it. She, she should come yeah. to the garden. But actually, it is absolutely fascinating uh-huh. how some of them are worker bees. Some of them go out and do the recce, tell others where the flowers are. It is incredible. Thought, yeah. 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 It is incredible, really. And it is a responsibility. But actually, once you're into it, it's the ult- it's one of the ultimate things. You're growing your own vegetables and, and uh, having a hive. Mm-hmm. You know, in these days where we are getting back to to nature yeah it's a very satisfying thing yeah the wee book company the good life (laughs) we're talking about collaboration it's now our big moment to shine isn't it does anybody want to talk about how lady shona 
that <laughs> that Wait, classic piece of writing. You brought her about, didn't you? Oh, did, did you not? Did not did I bring her out? I think there was a, a, a muttering, muttering going going back and forth between us on Messenger, wasn't it? Yeah. There was a very odd stage where we kind of lost the plot during lockdown. We lost the plot. <laughs> we lost the plot. Never found they it again. <laughs> I don't think it's called lost if you never found it again. It's just it walked out. The plot just left. It just left. <laughs> it went, I've had enough of this. I'm, I'm out off. of here. <laughs> and we were on it. Yep. Exactly. Like car bonnets. Well, we decided that um, it only happened over about... A few hours, and yeah. we rattled out this this poem that just wouldn't stop, would it? <laughs> it went over several days, didn't it? Several days. <laughs> so I suspect I'm the one that's got the printout because the yep. other girls are looking at their feet and shuffling a lot, which means, <laughs> oops, mummy, we've not brought our homework. The dog so, ate it, remember? <laughs> so when you hear this passing from one to other, you'll realise that we're just passing over the printout. So it's got Susan, Mary Lee, all in red. <laughs> Mm. We'll know where we are. Right, right, glasses to the ready girls. Yes, I've changed my glasses to my reading glasses. Let's do it. Let's do Lady (laughs) Shona. Oh, she's got her reading glasses on. It's not everybody that can can have reading glasses, a tuft of bulgur and and a tiana. I know, I know. Not everybody can carry it off with such a plum. (laughs) Marvellous. 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 And the wimple? Are you going to take, you going to exchange the tiara for the wimple now? If you want me to. Yeah, here we go. Hang on. I'll just just hand it over. Thank you. Because that sounds remarkably like a water bottle. But anyway. (laughs) Right. Shall I kick off? Yes, Mm. kick off. Kick off. Kick off. This is Lady Shona. And we'll pass it around. It is a collaboration. (laughs) It is. It is. Lady Shona swept down the stairs of the castle, finding the kitchen was just such a hassle. Since this blooming lockdown thing, she'd had no servant bell to ring, no afternoon tea on silver trays, no served hand and foot rhythm to her days, just long, long hours of getting lost around the estate, ending up cross, that the gillies, the gamekeepers, the cooks and the maids, the gardeners, the chauffeurs, the houseboys, all of these trades, they'd all had the cheek to go home. Leaving her to fend for herself. Imagine, Lady Shuna, all alone. Most days she'd ended up shouting for the butler MacIver, who'd last been seen grouting in one of the bathrooms well below stairs, where she reckoned folks stayed, but she didn't know where. Enough, she said one day when she tried to get dressed. These buttons were a pain. She was getting so stressed. I'm going to find the kitchen if it's the last thing I do. But before that, I will head to the loo. Where the feck is it? I haven't a clue. Hang on, I'm going to the wrong page. At last she found it. I think it's a kitchen. There's a hob and a cooker and a fridge with food in. And grabbing the butter, the mustard and ham and slicing the bread with the edge of a pan, she mused to herself in elaborate language. So this is how John Montague made his name as a sandwich. Lady Shona then sat to the table and thrust her carefully made piece down her gob, minus crusts. In the west wing she found a small water closet and there she made a rather large deposit. 
Finishing up, she reached for the paper to find nothing left. Ugh, I'll deal with it later. Lady Shona then wandered up and downstairs, through mazes of corridors, past pictures of airs. Her stomach, it rumbled, and did make her wonder. Is this what the peasants feel when they have the hunger? <laughs> <laughs> Why, Shona, she said as she sat at the table, it looks like this cooking thing. You are well able to give it a go without those furloughed staff. All that cash every month are having a laugh. Put them on the scrap heap, that's the way forward. On Airbnb, put their luxury quarters, that'll teach them a thing or three. When they've snitched and they've snatched and they've stolen from me. Why, once I caught one of them peeping at a leftover chicken when they thought I was sleeping. <laughs> let them eat cake and off with their heads and let them finance their own scabby wee beds. This housekeeping thing, it looks like a scoosh. Now off to the garden to trim my own bush. As she got off the chair to find her old wellies, she suddenly noticed the kitchen was smelly. Her stomach was churning, her face, it was green. Was it something she'd eaten? Or what had it been? Was it the nuts or the apple? Or perhaps the green cheese? Or the weird-looking bacon all covered with peas? She scoffed and she crunched and she scarfed it all down. Her tiara, she noticed, was beginning to frown. She belched and she burped in true ladylike fashion. Perhaps the champagne and the food is just clashing. Then up from her stomach it leapt with a start, a huge gust of wind in the form of a fart. Off the table it blew John Montague's sarny. Oh, heck, oh, mm, my bun has gone balmy. The sandwich it whipped around in a fit to suddenly discover it was covered in shh. I'll have none of this nonsense, it said in a huff, and picked up a knife all covered in stuff. Oh, on guard, it said, like a wild musketeer. Stand back, Lady Shona, you've nothing to fear. But the shock took its toll, made her swallow her sarny, a plate and two forks, and cook's balm from her auntie. She fell to the floor with a deafening clatter. Her tiara, it fell in Yorkshire pudding batter. As her soul fluttered skywards to the keeper above, she heard a weak voice said, What happened, love? Well, she just whispered, she couldn't resist. It wasn't the Covid, a disease or a kiss. I swallowed a sandwich, a killer one, see? And even as I scoffed it, I knew it would be the death of me. Oh, my goodness, that's like a cliffhanger. <laughs> We're not finished quite yet. The whale, you see, said the wee voice. It's called Just Desserts. The killer sandwich, it was sure, not to just hurt. A fancy-pants lady who'd viewed staff with disdain and left old MacIver without much to his name. Look down below at the castle that you have just left and look how these people are hardly bereft. In fact, they've broken Lockdown and are gathering speed to get back to the place where they feel they've been freed from the selfish old cow who'd lain all day <laughs> in bed with the curtains tight shut and a towel on her head who'd shouted and screamed and whined and dined on partridges, quails and rich food of a kind that finally did her in, in right good style. <laughs> 
So wind your neck in and go to the back of the pile of folk who've just newly arrived here up in heaven. Aye, stand over there, behind that big bloke called Kevin. (laughs) And wait for your turn to go back down to earth and be very aware that there's no room for mirth because if you're expecting the life of a lady again, there is something very seriously wrong with your brain. So best to think on and make sure that you've prayed because we're sending you back as your own chambermaid. (laughs) Well done, Lady Shona. I love that. You can take your wimple wimple off. Thank you. I have to say, though, I think that was that was our first creative collaboration because we have collaborated on courses and the delivery of yeah. material to other people. But that's the very first time and it won't be the last, I don't think. No, that oh we're, God, no. But we learned a lot, didn't we? What yeah. did we learn, do you feel? Because I think we learned a lot about each other and the way that we thought and the way that we worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I learned that I can't keep up with you two. <laughs> That's not true in so many ways. That's just not Absolutely true. Absolutely not. We're not the techie people, you know. You, you're just... Yeah, but I think that's that's all part of it. You know, the, the, the with collaboration, everyone's got their own kind of specialisms. And, and you know, so it's like each each has to kind of go to their forte. They have to actually play to their strengths. Mm-hmm. Actually, when, I actually when, did the arms there, yeah, didn't I? I was going to say, when she did play, she said she kind of went all kind like, of... Really Popeye. Like, Popeye. Like female bodybuilder, yeah. like, woohoo, get, get a load of my guns kind of thing. <laughs> oh, she's doing it again. She's pounding. Oh, I can't focus now. <laughs> it's like I might be but a fat right, bird, though, but I've got some good muscle on me. You are so yeah. not. You're so not. You're lovely. And I have to say that um, the thing about the collaboration is that, yeah, we thought we knew how each other worked uh-huh. until the creativity started and then we realised we didn't know you know because we thought we knew each other inside out but actually that's a very interesting thing isn't yeah, it yeah. and I think when we come to write our novel to dimension our novel yeah. I think that's going to be a different thing be again fun. isn't yeah. it yeah. Yeah. there's going to be more to be brought out there I think so yeah. I think so so tell me in terms of, of creativity are you more of a planner Mary because I know that, that you Lee you, you're very spontaneous aren't yeah. you you're very yeah um, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an ideas person. I'm a very creative in that way, but I'm I'm also sort of a planner. Yeah. Well, because I used to be a PA, I used to be a secretary yeah. years ago, and a community worker. So, oh, that was back in so back many in the day. things you've done. It's incredible. <laughs> but as a community worker, you had to plan. You you would, I would probably run about four projects at the same time. Yeah. Um. So I'd have to. It's it's like tossing spinning plates. So I'd have to keep an eye on how how the development of of each of the projects was going. Well, I think one of the things that we could do during our podcasting is to keep our listeners abreast of how our novel is developing. I think that's a jolly good idea. What do you think? Oh, yeah, so absolutely. we could read bits out. Ooh. So let's well, we think could about the, these, the characters as well. Yeah. So for this week, the next seven days, we could actually de- lay down what we're doing, and I reckon we should follow our, our own template of. Doing the beginning, the middle of the end, yeah. doing a little bit of a, a a plot. Yes. What do you think? I think that's a great idea, actually. There's our homework for the week. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's nothing it. else going on in our lives, is no. there? No. <laughs> no carpet laying, no nothing. <laughs> no beekeeping, no nothing. <laughs> I think that's a jolly good idea, actually. Because um, you asked if I was a planner, and I'm I'm not naturally. I'm I'm very creative naturally, mm. but. Um, 
I actually go, I, I, because I do all this, if you're personality testing, um, that you actually go into your opposite when you're under stress. So my opposite, so if I'm a yellow character, my opposite is blue and blue is the planner, the organizer and everything else. So I'm the kind of person that does terribly well under stress because I get very efficient and very organized under stress. So somebody gives me a deadline to do something. I don't do it. I don't do it. I don't do it. Do all the creative stuff. And then suddenly, you know, the deadline comes and I'm like, ah, and that's, that's why I only clean my house when I'm angry with my children. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about anybody else, but angry cleaning, I do brilliantly. And the thing is that's so great about that is that when you actually, you know, you're angry and you, you, you clean the house and it's like, you might still be angry at the end, but at least your house yeah, is clean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but you feel so much better because the house is clean. You think, oh, I don't care. Okay, they've stolen all my money. It doesn't matter, you know. So funny. But you know, so it, but so I, under stress, I get organised. Under stress, I get you know very efficient. Um, and you know, sort of like, so if I've got lots of projects on but no deadlines, then I do practically nothing. Yeah. But then yeah. you know, the deadlines loom, and suddenly it all gets done. And I never missed a deadline, so. Um, but it's just, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm very good under pressure. <laughs> you know, I used to be an academic and in academic life, they used to always say, you know, what your kitchen cupboards are always gleaming right before a deadline. Yeah. <laughs> so you say, I've got till midnight on Friday. I'm fine. I'll just clean the kitchen cupboards. I'll just defrost the freezer. And then before you know it, you've got half an hour to do the best academic work you can. <laughs> I used to be a bit like that when I was a student, you know, I couldn't, I Everything had to be perfect around me before I could actually start. It's called procrastination. Yeah, yeah. I did well. I'd, I'd clean. I'd like the pencils would be in the line. It, everything. Um, and then, yeah, sort of down to the down to the wire. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's the holy grail, isn't it, of having the you the right hemisphere of your brain working in complete harmony with the left. If you can somehow get that balance of planning and creativity, mm. I think then actually mm. that's absolutely fine. And I think that's, that's what's happening between the three of us, I find, that we all bring different skills, but we, we are definitely all very creative. Mm. But in our own ways, we're mm. also, you know, pretty organised, actually. Mm. Otherwise, yeah. we wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to have to do a podcast at some point about character and personality profiling because the, oh there's actually I can tell you exactly where all that works and how you know it's up for how you can actually if you can identify your own personality type you can actually play to your strengths by going okay right I know I'm really good at you know planning or, or technology etc and and how to get yourself into the right mindset to to become more creative oh, no, or etc so it's yeah. like by understanding your own personality and what your strengths and weaknesses are you can actually put yourself under pressure to be able to do the cleaning or put yourself under pressure to be able to be more creative or whatever it is if you recognize that well like, that's a really good good point to to sort of draw the discussion of collaboration to Clothes. I'm trying not to laugh because Lee's just sucked the water out of her water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> it made that noise. <laughs> Lovely. I should do. I should do. At least I didn't tip it all over myself, which is usually what I do. And trouble it down your front. Yeah. <laughs> but the whole collaboration thing of 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 being aware of your strengths, and we naturally flag up. Don't trust me with this bit because I'm going to be rubbish. <laughs> or, we do. You know, what I mean? it's like anything to do with technology. You go, Mary. No, Mary. <laughs> Put it your way. <laughs> 
But I think actually that's that's a brilliant thing for collaboration because you know people will come to you with their own self awareness, mm. and I think that one of the worst experiences I think I've had in terms of collaboration is when I've been working with somebody who who thinks they're brilliant at everything, absolutely brilliant at Looking everything, at <laughs> <laughs> and no human being is. No, no, no. human being is. Yeah, you yeah. know, you have to be humble enough to say, Do you know what. I can't tie my shoelaces, but I can write a poem for you in five minutes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think is that's... Is that why you always wear slip-on yeah, shoes? Yeah, it is, actually. <laughs> Did you genuinely, see I was looking? I did, too. That is genuinely why all my clothes look the same, because I can't choose clothes, so they're all in the colour of poo. They're all slip-on. She says wearing the most beautiful silk scarf. Beautiful. You know. So, it is. So. It's lovely. Yeah. It is. A, it is a scarf which disguises the fact that I'm wearing pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> it's not everybody that can carry off silk and pajamas at the yeah. same time. Oh, well, you do very With well. Yeah, you do. You do it marvelously. Thank marvelously. you very much, darling. It's not right up to the taffeta and tiara. I know. I know. I mean, or the wimple. We just pale into insignificance behind underneath those. She wafts through Lidl's. I know. Like oh. she's Lady Shona Wafts. or the Queen Mother. Wafts. I don't think anyone could describe the way I move as wafting. <laughs> Shimmying. <laughs> Sashaying. Yes. Oh, I like that. Sashaying. Like sashay. yes, sashay. So listen, before we are faded out with our funky music, we should give a plug to our fabulousimissimo next podcast which is being run by the inimitable Lee Taylor the yes. performer extraordinaire oh, so looking forward who's going to, to be talking to us about performance yeah. and, and, and giving us some us tips some, and some tips yeah. which is really 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 important yeah. three reallys so it must be important yeah I think it's mm. a really 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 <laughs> important podcast <laughs> Lee's got that face to say like, oh my god <laughs> I want to run for the door. <laughs> Goodbye. Take me home. <laughs> Till the time that we see each other again and hear each other again, track us down on Facebook. Yeah. Yep. www.thebookwhisperers.com. I said that. The Wook Whispers. The Dirk Whispers. The Wook Whispers. Mary's the one in the ball gown. You don't have to win a tiara. <laughs> no, we don't. Read them from tiaras.com. It's probably a website. Have a great week. And it's a goodbye from Lady Shona. It's a goodbye from us. Bye. Bye. We want the last one. <laughs> How bonkers was that, Hamish? <laughs>